Welcome to the Creativity Algorithm Podcast, the show that helps people and businesses have good ideas more often. Now here is your host, psychologist, author, and public speaker, Joe Swope. Hey, and welcome back to episode 29 of the Creativity Algorithm Podcast. This one's titled Bowling Balls and Blankets. And if you've listened to a few of the previous episodes, or if you time travel and have listened to future episodes, not that uncommon, please see episode 15, you might actually have already determined that I have some uncommon thoughts. I'm a little bit weird. Now, if you think my thoughts are uncommon now, you should have seen them decades ago when I was a student. If there was such a thing as a professional daydreamer, I think I would have qualified for that title. Now, not that there's any money in it, but I certainly did more than 40 hours per week, man. As When I was a student, I, my mind would wander all the time. Whenever I was sitting in a class, my mind was anywhere but where my butt was. Now, what did I daydream about? What was the actual content? Well, I'm certainly not going to spill those secrets here. I mean, that's a little too embarrassing even for me. Let's just say that they generally involve some type of situation where I was the hero and others who I viewed in esteem or maybe even had crushes on were thankful for my selfless actions. Now, remember how I said I had uncommon thoughts? Well, actually, maybe my thoughts and the content of those daydreams aren't that unusual, at least in the themes of younger people. And I bet quite a few readers have had similar daydreams, but most will not admit it. Don't believe me? Well, let's take a look at one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's the movie is titled A Christmas Story, and if you know it, you know that the main character, Ralphie, often daydreams. At least one of his dreams involves protecting his family from bandits with his hoped-for BB gun, the famous Red Rider BB gun. Well, well, there's some indication that the themes of a person's daydream might reveal personality traits. And as I read that, unfortunately, one of the disadvantages of listening to podcast episodes instead of reading the same material on the blog is you don't get to see where I've inserted what's called parenthetical citations. And, and as much as I like to let my mind kind of wander and type, I actually do a lot of research for these. I dig pretty deep into the existing psychological research, into peer-reviewed journals, and find some articles that are for lack of a better word, written or researched by some of the top cognitive psychologists. So as if, if you're listening to this, you're like, where is he getting some of this stuff? Well, of course, some of it does come from my mind, but that doesn't mean it's not supported by data. And that idea, that last sentence I read, where a person, per, themes of a person's daydream might reveal personality traits, that's supported. And the idea that uh, the, the heroic daydreams of adolescence are not that uncommon, that is, of course, supported too. Okay, so maybe maybe I'm not that uncommon if it's made it into the scientific journals. You know, if someone studied it, it's probably happened enough so that someone notices enough to be studied. Okay, well, that's enough about psychological research. Let me, I know a little bit about that. Let me jump into a field where I know even less than, almost nothing. And we're going to talk about physics. So the point of this episode is to discuss my very limited understanding of Einstein's theory of gravity. As I understand it, Objects that have a huge amount of mass, like stars or black holes, can bend space and time. And as I said, I barely understand it, but I can pass along the blanket metaphor. Notice I said pass along. I, of course, did not come up with this. 
Imagine that a blanket is held taut by its corners by four people. Imagine that it's about three feet off the ground and pulled so tight that there are no wrinkles. Now, imagine that a bowling ball is placed on the flat, wrinkleless surface. The ball will sink into the blanket, and the blanket will stretch as the weight of the ball settles in. Okay, I hope you can imagine that. I hope my description works for you. Now imagine that another ball is dropped on the blanket in a different space. Now that new ball is a ping pong ball. It has virtually no mass. While it might sit still on top of the blanket for a while, eventually, and with the help of a little jiggling from the blanket holders, that ping pong ball will fall into the impression that is caused by the mass of the bowling ball. Okay, before I explain why I took the time to write about the blanket model of gravity bending space-time, let me talk about a term in psychology called the default network or the default mental network. Basically, it means that we think about the same types of things when our mind is idle. A really common default network is to think about all the things you have to do. And you can imagine yourself and myself and your spouse or you know, workmate or whatever else. It's like we're always stressing. We're always thinking of the next thing on our to-do list. Many adults who are used to the idea of GSD, and if you ever heard of that, you know, it's a corporate euphemism for getting stuff done, GSD. Many of those people are in a perpetual cycle of thinking of things to do, putting them on a list, and then getting them done. That is their default mental network. Another common type of default mental network involves anxious thoughts. A person's idle mind is oftentimes drawn to worry. Believe it or not, that's not bad. I mean, it might be unpleasant, but there's a difference between unpleasant and bad. Sore muscles after a workout are unpleasant, but they're good. And to a certain extent, I remember I said certain. Anxiety, while unpleasant, is good, healthy, and normal. We evolved with it because anxiety is a necessary skill. I didn't say affliction. I didn't say symptom. I said anxiety is a skill and a trait that can be used. It's a tool. It's like the more often they think worrisome thoughts, the easier it becomes to think such thoughts. Okay, and go back to episode 19, or I think that's the number. Uh, the, the title is called Thinking with Muscles. Okay, well, back to the blanket. Imagine that your default network is the large bowling ball and your unconscious is the ping pong ball. So if your default network is to think of more things to get done, then when your mind is wandering, it will be drawn to thinking of more things to do. Sadly, that same thing is true with those who struggle with an inappropriate level of anxiety or depression and things with huge psychic mass. Okay, what does this have to do with helping employees have good ideas more often. If you had to guess, what is the default mental network of the employees of your organization? Relaxed and confident in their ability to do well? That would be a great default network. Or is their default network constantly nervous that they are going to be scolded or somehow or another, you know, a gotcha mentality? Remember, it's very difficult to have a good idea when the mind is stressed and rushed. And as we know, good ideas can help companies reach the next level. Now, it's foolish and wasteful to just sit around and wait for only those in management to have good ideas. That's wasteful because there are a lot more people in the organization than those in management. Smart organizations know that employees are more than just hourly workers. They are and can be idea fountains. And so now the question is, what can you do to help foster a default mental network that promotes good ideas among all employees. 
I started this episode half-jokingly talk about my uncommon thoughts and how they might not be that uncommon. I mean, it's interesting that many of us who have not met each other actually have similar nightmares or similar night dreams. How can we dream in the night about things that are similar if we've never talked to each other? So maybe it's possible for many of us to have the same themes in our daydreams. Now, let's go back to the bowling ball concept. I suggest that we all might have a few bowling balls in our blankets, and maybe there are varied sizes. I would think so. That makes sense because, you know, we all have different life experiences. I also suggest slash admit that not all of our bowling balls are particularly pleasant, and we've hinted at that before, and, and that's okay. This isn't a mental health blog or podcast, but there just isn't a way to engineer a mind not to have any unpleasant thoughts, and I don't think you'd want that. Having said that, it doesn't mean that the negative bowling balls have to be the biggest or densest. As far as the creativity algorithm goes, the goal is to make the good idea bowling balls the ones with the most mass. That way, the roaming ping-pong ball of our unconscious will be more likely to fall into the impression caused by the ever-growing bowling ball of good ideas. And that's what we want to make it, ever-growing. We want having good ideas to be our default mental network. So how do we do it? Let's plan your daydreams. Think of a quick story. Maybe even storyboard or write a one-page comic book. Man, the weirder the better. I know some people can be actually embarrassed by their own thoughts, but that's a whole other level we, we don't have time to unpack right there. So just get in touch with that. Why don't you think of a story for you to practice daydreaming? If you don't like the word story, why don't you go ahead and say, you know, you can go as far as say it's a fantasy. Make that the sophism for this week and weeks beyond. Daydreaming might actually make you more creative. And this is, again, that's not one of those statements that I came up with. This is supported by cognitive research in scholarly journals. It might sound not only silly, but maybe even a bit weird to plan a daydream. Does that kind of make you uncomfortable? Does that feel like a waste of time because you're all about GSD, get stuff done? Nonsense. Do it anyway. Push yourself out of your comfort zone. Write down a quick paragraph or a couple sentences of a plot and characters. What do you want to daydream about? Again, like I said, push yourself out of your comfort zone. Let your id run wild. The id is the term used by Sigmund Freud to represent our deepest wishes and maybe fears. Your imagination is the most private part of you. Don't place limits on it. If you do, maybe that might affect the arrival of future good ideas. Again, no one's looking, so have fun. Be uncommon. Will this exercise guarantee that you will have a good idea? Sure. I predict that if you do this activity over and over, you will have a good idea in the future. <laughs> and, and if you were reading the blog, you'd see there's going to be like a winking emoji. But, you know, on the, on, on the podcast, you're stuck with my description of a winking emoji. Seriously, though, I don't think anything about the unconscious can be guaranteed or even predicted. It can be encouraged. It can be invited. And that's what we're about. We're inviting good ideas from the unconscious. Don't believe me? Can you tell me, or even yourself, what your next four thoughts will be? No, I don't think you can. 
that's kind of cool that you can't even tell me what your own mind is going to think of. Again, think about that. That's awesome. The idea that we can't predict the future of our own thoughts, and that is your conscious mind. If you have very little control over your conscious mind, think how little control you have over your unconscious mind, and that is, of course, where good ideas come from. So we can't guarantee it, we can't schedule it, we can't own it, boss it, mandate it, or contract with it, but we can invite it to play. So we can't guarantee anything, but if we return to one of my favorite metaphors, that the unconscious is like a playful puppy, then let's give the puppy something to play with. What I mean by that is your unconscious can assemble and disassemble your experiences and memories and perceptions and emotions in countless ways. But maybe, just maybe, your unconscious is like a puppy that's bored with all of its old toys. Let's give it something new, some unconscious toys by purposely daydreaming. And if you've listened to this, you know we end with three things. The takeaway, spreading the thoughts, and the title of the next episode. Well, the takeaway, again, write a short mental script of what you will daydream about. Then sit down, engage in a few short breathing exercises after you have relaxed your body, then spend 10 minutes working on your daydream. Add details, extra scenes, even a few guest stars. I bet you're really going to enjoy it. Spreading the thoughts. Ask your coworker, family, friends, what they daydream about. Chances are they're going to mumble something. And, and maybe it's because our culture has associated daydreaming with being lazy or somehow or another negative. Very few people will reveal either that they, they do daydream, and if they do admit that, I would be surprised if they tell you the content. Because I said that, that can be kind of intimate. If they are evasive or non-committal in their answers... Tell them about this. Po- uh, tell them about this podcast. All right. Title of the next episode: Burning Bush. <laughs> <laughs>